and welcome back to the Fantasy Front Office Podcast for the week of May 7th, 2019. This is episode 59. This week, we're going to have some injury updates and going to take a look back on the first part of the season here as we've crested into May and check out the standout pitchers, hitters, and those with hot hands and see if we can extrapolate if these guys are going to make it the whole season or biggest surprises. And now, entering your ears, your Fantasy Front Office. And in the front office with me today, Phil and Todd. Welcome, gents. Hello. What's up? Long time no podcast. (laughs) I haven't had the trio in a while. Right. Let's jump to our standout pitchers so far. Chris Paddock in the preseason. I know, like, wasn't it the bat that had him pinned as, like, the number 20th starting pitcher in its projections? Yeah, and that's even with the innings cap that it had on him, so that's pretty... (laughs) pretty serious of how uh how well it's done so far uh yeah yeah he's been mighty studly yeah that uh that at bat against um was it alonzo where he just got so fired up because he struck him out he just threw straight fastballs at him all the whole time but they were all at the top of the zone and they were all like 97 98 it was beautiful to watch yeah degrom against paddock last night that was definitely must watch tv yeah i have both of them in my home league and it was Certainly fun to watch <laughs> from that perspective. <laughs> Possible that he keeps this up all year. I, I mean, he is a rookie, does have that studly control down. Uh, he's at least going to be really serviceable down the stretch, but he's pitching like not only competing for rookie of the year, but potentially Cy Young even. One thing that I wanted to say about Paddock is, is that I heard he was a two-pitch pitcher, and I saw at least four pitches last night. Uh, I know the curveball is kind of just a show-me curveball at this point. He has a really good two-seam fastball that people don't seem to to focus on because he has that straight fastball that's you know 97, 98 he can top out at. Um, but that two-seam fastball, I think it was at like 94-ish, it had some serious break to it. Yeah. And then that and then there's the the Bugs Bunny changeup that uh, I saw. I think it was Sammy Reed posted. I'm not entirely sure if that was him, but uh, I hate Twitter because I forget everybody. But anyways, moral <laughs> of that story is uh, <laughs> moral of that story is uh, basically someone posted that is a reincarnation of Johan Santana, but right-handed. Interesting comp. Huh. Yeah. But just um, one thing to keep in mind with Paddock is that he only threw 90 innings last year. He's just two years removed from Tommy John. So I, I think kind of answer your question. I think he can keep this up just because he's not not gonna wear down you know i think they might shut him down at 120 125 innings maybe a little more but i mean i think this is what he's gonna be for you know however long he's in the rotation before you know if he gets shut down this year they have said that they're looking to do about 160 innings with him oh wow not looking at shutting him down so you're probably looking as we go along here more of a six-man rotation type thing skipping starts i don't know maybe even the the uc kikuchi route in seattle where they're gonna have him go out start a game for an inning or two and do a bullpen game after that. I like that idea. I'm not going to even lie because, I mean, what really sucks is when you're, A, from a, a team standpoint, if you make the playoffs and your best pitcher shut down, you're already shot in the foot. Right. Um, and, and from a fantasy standpoint, it's the exact same point that I was going to make for the 
team though is like when you get to your like if you're in head-to-head you get to the playoffs like he's such an integral part of your team at that point like i spent i think it was 67 dollars in fab in a 250 league so like 30 ish percent of my budget on him earlier in the season and it was just something where everyone is was like laughing at me but at this point everybody's trying to trade for him so (laughs) you know it's just it's just how it is but if he falls out or if they take him out of the rotation before the end of the season I get nothing at the end of the season. I have to actually drop him. Someone picks him up, and now he's a keeper for someone else for a couple dollars. That's what's frustrating about that kind of situation. So I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah, and and even going the route where they give him an inning or two kind of starter type thing, it still keeps him on in sync, in rhythm. Yeah. And that way, down the stretch, he may come out for two innings, may come out for seven the next start. And... I mean, basically 41 innings, 46 Ks, uh, three and one record, a one five five ERA, and an 069 whip. That'll play. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, he's he's issued more walks than he's given up runs. And that's that's incredible because he's a very highly controlled pitcher. Uh, Ten walks so far, only seven earned runs. Well, and that and that's what I was going to mention um, as well is, you know, they're limiting his innings, but he's so efficient with his pitches um, throughout the inning. Uh, he's not a guy that is working hard throughout every inning. So, right. you know, he's not he's not throwing 100 pitches through six. He threw like 90 through, what was it, eight? Uh, I think that's 7.2. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. he threw 90 pitches. Yeah. Uh, and if he can do that every every game, like they, it's, the inning number doesn't matter. It's the pitches number that realistically matters. If he can be that efficient, I think he can even blow past that 160 mark. I mean, it also, he's only given up four hits per nine, which I just think is an amazing stat also. But in general for the Padres, I would, like what Jer said, uh, it'd be smart to go to six-man rotation. I mean, that's a rotation that just has a lot of youth in general. So also that would be another really good way to kind of limit the innings and work. Well, they've got a bunch of starters there in San Diego. Uh, Lucchese will be coming back as well. Mm-hmm. Um so it'd be a great way to kind of mix him in as well. Start Paddock for a couple innings, bring Lucchese in for three or four, close it out with the bullpen type deal. All right, let's jump to our next name here. Uh, are you guys believing in the re-envisioned Mike Miner? Like, yes. Yeah. Last year he went <laughs> and he was kind of shaky after his glimpse of success in 2017. 2018 was kind of shaky for him, um, but he seems to be back to 2017 form now. He gave up a lot of barrels. <laughs> um, I'm looking at I'm looking at baseball savant right now, and in 2010 his his barrel percentage given up was um, 10.8. Um, you know, the year before it was 2.6. This year it's 6.6. Um, the, the 10.8 though was the bottom 1% of the league. It's, it's sitting here. It's the only thing blue on his whole, uh, on his whole baseball savant page. Oh, right. Um, so, so it looks like to me that there was probably more, uh, bad luck involved in that. Um, cause it really says his expected batting average against, um, was, was 245. That's not bad. No, it's not. 245 is right in basically below, the wheelhouse. It's below league average. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I do think that he's made some strides and he's striking a lot of guys out too. He's got, you know, a strikeout uh, per inning at this point. He's limiting his walks. Um, what is that? Almost a four to one strikeout to walk ratio. It's like 3.7 probably. I'm just doing the math in my head, but you know, he's another guy that is giving up less runs than walks so far. So he has 14 walks and he has 13 earned runs for the season. And especially pitching in Texas, he's keeping the ball um, in the ballpark. I mean, 0.9 home run per nine, which is very good. Um, 
you know, I saw him pitch against the Diamondbacks at Chase Field Live, and just the radar gun, he's hitting 94-95, even kind of deep into ball games. I mean, he's looked really, really good this year. It looks like his, his fastball uh, spin is up there with, like, the best in the league at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, uh, you know how it has the, the MLB rankings, that little extra chunk yeah. that it gives at the top? Yeah, um, yeah it's, it, he's literally the 100th percentile. Oh. Wow, <laughs> that's good. And so his expected WOBA are, yeah, his expected WOBA is the 84th percentile, sl- expected slugging percentage, 78th percentile, and expected batting average is 83rd percentile. He's doing what he needs to do. He's, yeah. limiting, hard, he's mm-hmm. limiting hard contact, and he's, you know, he's, he's striking guys out along the way, and he's not walking anybody, really. Yeah, and in general, minor, I mean, here's, <clears throat> here's a guy who's just battled injuries, but last year he was able to stay healthy, you know, 28 starts, having a clean uh, offseason. I think that really helps, and he's definitely taken uh, his game to the next level this year. Yeah, his ownership this uh, this past week jumped 22, nope, 23%. He's at 78% rostered, so if... <laughs> If you're in that, what, 22% of leagues where he's not rostered, you may be wanting to uh, spend some fab dollars on that guy. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, the emergence of Tyler Glass now. Whatever's in the water in Tampa, they need to bottle it up and sell it for roster dollars so they can actually pay players um, <laughs> to some other teams. Because they're going to need it with Glass now and Fam and all the rest of the young guns that are coming up. So the thing that stands out the most to me about Glass now is his walk rate went yeah. from 11.3 last year to 4.4 this year. If he can sustain yeah. that, because his walk rate for his career was 11.3, if you even include this year. Um, the major league major league average is 8.3. So if you if you're getting it half of what the major league average roughly. Uh, with that fastball velocity, with you know the the curve that he has, I mean, he is a nasty pitcher. Only Bugaboo up to this point was the walks, and if he has settled that down, this kid is going to be Blake Snell. They're going to have two Blake Snells. One's right-handed, one's left-handed. Book it. Yeah, I mean, his problem has always been control. I mean, no doubt about it. His his tough's elite, but I mean, one point four seven K per or a walk per nine. You know, being able to just consistently throw strikes, he's a completely different pitcher, and he's just pitching at an elite level, like you said, uh, Blake Snell caliber. Yeah, on the season, six and zero, a one four seven ERA, zero eight six with uh, forty three innings, forty six Ks. Uh, just just a beast. Um, looking at our next beast here, Martin Perez. Twins have somehow reworked him. Wasn't he a bullpen arm last year? Yeah, I mean, pretty much just a swing guy for the Rangers. Yeah, so far on the year, 5-0, and 2-8-3 ERA, a 1-2-6 whip, just about a K per inning so far on the year. Are we buying into the re-emergence, or... I guess the emergence of him yeah. as a dominant pitcher there. Um, so I saw something the other day that said that he added a cutter and that that cutter is nasty as can be. Oh, and that I think is attributing to part of his success because his strikeout rate has almost doubled from last year to this year. Um, actually, for his career, it's he's added you know almost ten percent from what he was for his career, and his walk rates pretty much stayed the same. So that's really the only thing that's changing is that it seems like that he's starting to miss bats and it's something where you need to take notice because this is the type of guy that if you could pick him up early in the season this is the type of guy that'll win your league for you i know that you know he's what has he picked up in a lot of leagues at this point i think uh, actually no he's no 
25 percent yeah, rostered yeah but from from last week to this week it was plus 22 <laughs> right. so you know the, the the sharp leagues have already picked him up if you're in one of the leagues where you know people are kind of timid you be the sharp person and you pick him up because you know you, it's, it's telling to say that he's 24 percent owned currently and 22 percent of that is from this week people people yeah. are buying in now don't be the person that's looking next week yeah and just to confirm uh what phil said his cutter according to fan graphs his cutter he throws now 35 percent of the time uh they have no data on a cutter before that so obviously that's <laughs> new pitch uh throwing a slider to less so obviously that's helping his fastball velocity is up to 95.5 on average it was 93 last year and pretty much his whole career around 93 so you know both of those things adding that cutter the fastball velocity is up I, you know obviously it is a new martin perez i mean this guy has been around for a while but just looks like a completely different pitcher. Um, I was able to snag him in a couple of leagues this week on uh, waivers, so hopefully he keeps it up. But yeah, I mean, Perez has looked really, really good this year. And his curve has always been pretty decent. Yeah. So, you know, he just needed another pitch, and it sounds like that's what it is, is that cutter is just neutralizing these hitters to where they don't know if it's the fastball, the cutter, or the curve. And when you can sit one or the other, the fastball or the curve, you can crush him. But it sounds like at this point, they're, they're kind of caught in between with them throwing that uh, cutter about a third of the time. I know Fangraphs does a added pitch article every once in a while, and I'm trying isn't to it, see if it's on it, there. I think it's Jason Collette. It's, I think it's on is his – uh, I, well, I think it is. I think hmm. it's actually on his uh, Twitter. I think it's one of his pen tweets whenever uh, – at least it is definitely during spring training. If it, whoever it is, I'm 90% sure it's him because it is a guy that writes for Fangraphs for sure. Well, we'll have to look that up another time. <laughs> what do we think here – Todd of the new one-two punch here in Arizona, Granky and Weaver. I am uh, definitely eating crow on Luke Weaver. <laughs> I have a lot what'd of uh, bad. What'd you, what'd you say? I'm I, could, I couldn't hear you. You know that trade just keeps uh, hurting me different ways. You know, get rid of Goldie. Completely wrong on Weaver. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> remind me of that quite often, but uh, I'm a lot of people. <laughs> mostly Phil. <laughs> but it, it's great to see. I mean, he you know struggled out of the gate. Obviously, um, that was not ideal. But his last couple of starts has just been amazing. Um, you know, just watching a pitch, his control, that's the number one thing. Seems like he's just painting the corners um, like crazy. You know, obviously, um, that's just been the key for him. You know, his stuff, it's good. You know, he throws a sneaky 97 at times. And um, you know, it's just really been a surprise. Obviously, we'll probably get to Granky in a second. He's been great, too. But they've kind of formed a one-two punch that we hope Granky and Ray would have been. So... Definitely surprised, but very happy that Luke Weaver's just on a roll right now. Yeah, he has been surprising. It seems like he's finally gotten more comfortable, settled in. I believe uh, Carson Kelly's been the one catching him just about every yeah. game as of late. And that makes sense that he would feel comfortable pitching to him because I'm 90% so. sure that they were uh, in the same part of the organization, like the same level of the organization for most of their career. Right. And looking at the other one-two punch there of Granky. Now, if you exclude the opening day explosion against the Dodgers, Granky's sitting at 46 innings, a 2-3-3 ERA, uh, 47 strikeouts, so just over a strikeout in inning, 200 average against, and <laughs> the the WOBA is 235. Since that first game, he's been vintage Grinky. Which is crazy because every year I think that he's completely done because he starts throwing a mile or two per hour slower yeah. than the year before and i'm like oh okay well they're gonna they're gonna crush him and then the first game of the year he gets crushed and i'm like look at that confirmation bias there he's gonna suck <laughs> all year and then boom comes out of nowhere and starts doing very well i it just 
I, I don't know. I need to stop doubting Zach Grinke, and as soon as I do, I buy in, and that's going to be the year. Yeah, right. That'll be the year he implodes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing that when he first got here, you know, he was like 91, 92, and his changeup was about 87. And he, I remember from three years ago, everyone's worried. And he had a quote that said, I don't even care if my changeup's faster uh, than my fastball. It's more about the movement. Well, now both pitches are 87, 88, and he was right. I mean, it's working. You have... Um, the changeup diving into righties, the fastball, kind of more of a cutter nowadays. Um, but he, you know, he's been able to figure it out. He has this super slow curveball, you know, tops out at like 67 at times. <laughs> um, I, I was hoping you'd say 69. 69 yeah. Nice. 69, yeah, it, it is. But... <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I like when uh, the pitching ninja throws, and he throws the one that that it's like that, and uh, he actually literally just throws the word "nice" out. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> he, he he changes the ball out for the word "nice." Yeah. I enjoy that. I'm a child. <laughs> but uh, just something in general, Granky is not pitch well at Dodger Stadium. Um, as a Diamondback, so something <laughs> just to, to note. But uh, yeah, they've been a great one-two punch. Uh, Ray's starting to come around, so hopefully, if he can catch fire, you know that the rotation's looking pretty good for Diamondbacks right now. Hunjin Ryu has been pretty dominant as he was last year when he's been on the mound. Hunjin Ryu. People forget that he's legitimately been awesome for his entire career. His his in the states. ERA is 3.16 for his career. And he had one year where it was 377. Other than that, every year it's been below three, or 338 or below. Um, I'm throwing out the four innings that he had um, in 16 because that's legitimately one game and he was clearly hurt. Um, other than that, I mean, he has just been absolutely amazing. He's striking out 29% of the people he faces, only walking 1.5% of the people. His, his strikeout minus walk rate, or rate is like 27% right now. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, 1.970 ERA last year. If you take away the start that he got injured in this year, his ERA would have been under 2 also. Um, really good to see that you know he went on the injured list and came back within about 2-3 weeks. So It was really a classic Dodger injury. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, same injury he had last year. They're both groin injuries, and uh, really good to see him come back soon. Uh, you know, last year I remember there was really no timeline and end up missing, as you can see, half the year since he only threw 82 innings. But really good to see him back. I have a lot of shares of him because he's just, you know, he's kind of truly an ace when he's healthy, and at the moment he's healthy. So what you what you need to bake in whenever anytime you draft for you, and I always try to say this is that you know if you're anticipating him being out for let's say it's even half the year, you're gonna get somebody else's stats and hopefully you're you're picking the right streamers in that time frame and you compile all those stats together he's certainly worth where he's going and then some so you know next year whenever uh ever, you know he has his inevitable injury at some point this year and everyone's like oh he's injury prone that's okay i'll take the two five era for the season uh with you know 80 90 innings pitched and then i'll piece together the rest of it yeah. He always goes for a discount. He usually goes for a discount. You may as well just tag team him and Hill. <laughs> You're and... not wrong there. That's the same thing I said about Hill, too. You're exactly right. right. Yeah, and especially in deeper leagues where, you know, a reliever would have value. Stripling and Ryu are the best duo to have. Yes. You know, if he, one guy goes out, Stripling goes back in rotation. Out of the bullpen, he's been good. Was an all-star last year, you know, being a swing man. So, 
if you can pair some Dodgers together and you have the room for it, that's definitely a really good strategy. All right, I got a trio here of guys that I want you to pick which one starter you want. Odorizzi, Domingo Herman, or Jared Eikhoff. Shoot, let's throw Caleb Smith in there as well. Which one oh. of those dudes oh, do you Caleb want? Smith. Yeah, I'll go Caleb Smith. But before that, you made it too easy when you said Caleb Smith. But yeah. before that, I think uh, Domingo Herman has been just nothing short of awesome. And, and last year, he had a couple of games at the beginning uh, whenever he got called up. He had a couple of games where he did really well, and then he kind of not so great. And I think that he may have been hurt. He may have been playing through some injury there. Yeah, because because he is night and day different, and everything that you know, everything uh, peripheral supports it. Because he has a 272 uh, FIP as well right now to go with his 235 ERA. He's striking out guys, not really walking that many guys. This is exactly what you want to see. So I think it's pretty clear if we're if we're just sticking with those three. Yeah. Uh, he's He's the guy for me. I mean, he's yeah, basically I, been Severino. Exactly. Got his shot because Severino went down. Yeah, I mean, we saw strikeout potential last year, 10.7K per nine. It's just bringing it all together, and I, I feel like he's done that this year. So of that list, he's probably my guy, uh, Lord Rizzi. I think he's going to come back down to earth, but he has been really good this year, you know, fully healthy. But Didn't didn't he make a pitching change as well? I would have to look into it. But. Yeah, he, he's – I'm not sure of I think he started throwing his curveball more. I think okay. he changed – I think he changed his uh, – or no, no, no. What it was is I think he started throwing a fastball higher in the zone more ah. to make his curveball better. Oh, uh, speak of I... the devil, Caleb Smith tonight. Career high, 11 strikeouts. Yeah, that, that was way too easy. Yeah. Too easy. Yeah. You, you put him on the list. I, he He's <laughs> a he's a guy that we were talking about. I, I made fun of Cubby uh, in, in the chat, you know, the group chat, because he didn't start him this week. Or, or was it last week he forgot to start him? And I was like, man, he is to the point where he is a must start now. And, and that's when, you know, we talked about a couple of the other guys like Mike Miner and things like that. So we had a nice little discussion. So as you said, Todd, Odorizzi is probably coming back to earth. Um, Eikhoff has been a great, I guess, find or just revelation for the Phillies uh, stepping in and taking over some of that starting rotation duty there. Man, lots and of I, starting pitchers out there on the waivers. Um, Eikhoff's had some good inning or some good seasons before. I, you know, it's been it's been a couple of years, but in 16, he had... Uh, a 116 whip and 365 ERA over almost 200 innings. Um, now, he's never a guy that's really struck a lot of guys out, so what he's doing now is very outside of what he's normally done. So that might be a little bit crazy, um, not sustainable, but if he can sustain that, I mean, this is something where it's uncharted territory for him. Yeah, definitely streamable, owned in only 23% of leagues right now. Smith only at 81%. That is surprising. Ryu, 87%, just to cover some of the guys that we've discussed here. Uh, Luke Weaver, only owned in 38% of leagues. That's shocking. Yeah. Odorizzi right next to him, uh, 30%. Yep. And Domingo Herman, 88%, which is definitely understandable. Yeah. No, I'm gonna throw a wrench in your guys' plans here because um, he wasn't on the list. But Matt Boyd, yeah, what is, what is up with Matt Boyd, guys? Because things are happening. He was the he was one of the other guys that we were talking about. That's at at the point where if you don't start him at unless it's like cores, you're doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> yeah, and Boyd is really interesting because there were a couple people out there, um, you know, that kind of called the. Just, I remember just seeing a lot of articles on. Could, you know, Boyd break out, you know, with just everything a part of his game. So luckily, you know, I was able to get him as a flyer, you know, late in a couple of leagues. But I mean, he has just been outstanding this year, really just putting it all together. The bat had him having a good year, but nothing like this. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, he's playing so I, a little I, over his head right now. Yeah, I, I remember seeing him on a lot of different lists of, you know, hey, this guy could potentially break out, but I don't think anybody anticipated this. Uh, Mike Soroka, looking at another guy that you could be streaming, uh, 59% of leagues. Uh, he threw great on the fourth, seven innings, no earned runs, six Ks, uh, pretty dominant there. I feel like he has a lot of Luke Weaver just kind of in him where... Oh, you mean Fluke Weaver? <laughs> Wait, you guys you guys got to pull up his ESPN page. Hold on. Pull him up. Pull him up. Mike Soroka? Yes. Yeah. This kid's neck is longer than a giraffe's neck. <laughs> it is. I'm glad I wasn't the only Ooh. one that saw that. This kid's neck is legitimately as long as a giraffe's neck. <laughs> um, I need to get out like a tape measure to get this whole thing down. Anybody got a yardstick I can borrow? <laughs> There's a lot of Brandon Belt in his game. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so I'm going to stop making fun of him. He has been really awesome, and, and he's a top prospect, and he's got a, a great ground ball rate as well. He doesn't walk that many guys. Um, this is exactly what you want as well. You know, these, these type of players don't come along very often. I know I said that a couple of times already, but um, – it's just these guys are the guys that are going to make or break your season. If you if you sit there and you're like, oh, maybe I should pick him up. I'll, I'll wait another day or two, see what he does <laughs> in his next start. No, you need to pick him up now because some other idiot is going to try to stream him and be like, oh, he did really good yesterday. And just I'm keep gonna, him. I'm going to keep him. And you don't want to be that. You don't. If you want, if you're on the fence about whether or not you want to start him, that's fine. Pick him up and throw him on your bench until you finally are slapped in the face to the point where you're like, this guy's legit. Um, <laughs> and then and then send me a, a message on Twitter and thank me at the Baseball Jedi. You're welcome. <laughs> It's really funny you bring that up because I definitely streamed him for a start in my home league. And it's like, hey, this guy did he did throw really well. So You see what I'm uh, saying? Like it, it happens more than you think. And if there's a guy out there on waivers that you're you've been looking at and you're like, mm, maybe I should pick him up, maybe I shouldn't, there's someone on your roster you can drop, I guarantee it. A. B, pick that guy up right now so that you don't have to have, you know, fear of missing out later whenever he becomes a beast. Right. Yeah. Easy to drop him again if you need to. Oh wow. All right. I'm off I'm off my a little rant <laughs> uh should we take a look at some of these struggle bus starters here oh boy <laughs> uh let's start off with the biggest name here he was in the running for a cy young last year clay buckle <laughs> clay buckle <laughs> colorado's kyle freeland currently <laughs> with a 590 era uh that's not good reed I, I can't say that that surprises me though uh right there was a lot of warts uh that you could see I just, I, I don't know. He has a 12 ERA for the last week. I guess that's just one game, though. Um, yeah, he just gave up eight runs. Oh, at least he pitched six innings when he did. <laughs> well, at that <laughs> point, didn't didn't Colorado play like teen 16 innings or some? I'm sure the bullpen was uh, expired at that point, and they just let him, yeah. let him well, flounder. Well, that was the game ah. last week. Yeah. They, they pretty much hung seven on him in the first couple, uh, first two innings and then did okay the last four. But yeah. Um, did not look good. It's just there's nothing overpowering in his game. He's a pitch to contact guy. Um, you know, a slider, all right. But I mean, you know, when you're a pitch to contact guy at course, he's definitely, um, you know, it's not ideal. I would say, but um, he, he reminds me of a lot of kind of. If you guys remember, of course you remember, but Jeff Francis. You know, he had one or two really good years uh, early in his career, but his stuff was never overpowering. You know, a seven K per nine guy, which Freeland was last year, and then you know had some really bad seasons after that. So that that's kind of 
you know, I don't know if he'll ever really be able to get back to that 285 that he was last year. And definitely this year, he struggled out of the gate. So is he droppable? With You know, usually I would wait, but there's so many good pitching uh, guys out there right now. I mean, we just went through <laughs> a, six a or seven. A dozen of them almost. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, Perez, uh, we talked about Turnbull before the show. Uh, minor, just any of those guys are there. Yeah, I would drop them in heartbeat for him. Or Dozy, Sorica. Yeah, Disclafani had a really good game the other day too. I yeah. mean, he's he's done decently well this week or uh, this year. Um, absolutely, I'd drop him in, in almost every you know every league except maybe anything deeper than fifteen. Even fifteen at this point, I don't think I'm holding on to Cal Freeland. Yeah, mm-hmm. only owned in fifty nine percent of leagues right now. Because I had him actually in the Invitational. Uh, he just went so late in that draft that <laughs> you know I'm not kicking myself at all because I think I got him pretty deep into the two hundreds. But I used to spin on my bench for a while, and it might be time to get rid of him next week. Uh-huh. Yeah, hate to see it. Uh, who else is on the struggle bus for you guys? Brad Peacock. Oh boy, yeah, <laughs> he has uh, not lived up to his potential. Um, even though he finally got a couple of starts, it looks like uh, he has not had too great of a year so far to the tune of 52080 ERA. Mm. Uh, his whip is not great or not horrible at 121, but um, he just, you know, he had a really bad game uh, on the second. And other than that, I think he hasn't been horrible so far this year, but it's going to take a minute to dig out of that hole. Yeah, yeah, it will. I mean, last year's reliever had a 13.3 K per nine. It's down to 7.6 right now, so you're not even getting the strikeouts. So not, not a lot there. Um, On the list of most dropped, oh, wow. How did Tyone make this list? I think the injury news scared yeah. some people away. Yeah, yeah it seems like it did. They're shutting him down for four weeks, so no throwing, and then they're going to, you know, reevaluate him then. I mean, it's... Doesn't doesn't look great. No, I mean, he's, it looks like he avoided Tommy John, but it, it's going to be a while. Yeah, that, that that's probably like the ten team leagues is what I would think is ten team and short or smaller. That yeah, you know, you should definitely drop Tyon and pick somebody else up because there's some really good guys on your waivers. Actually, in the list, I have five, four Pirates pitchers: oh. Trevor Williams, Jamison Tyone, Joe Musgrove, and Chris Archer, all dropped by five percent or more. <laughs> It was a rough week. I mean, who's left in that Pirates rotation? Jordan Lyles, that's it. Oh, yeah, he's the only one. Uh, Also worth noting, I uh, bought a Jameson Talion jersey last week. You broke him? Uh, Oh, you were telling me about it. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, he got hurt the next week. So, (laughs) that's... The jersey curse. So it's all my fault. It is 100% my fault on that. Right. <laughs> we'll have Todd make a sacrifice to Jobu. <laughs> <laughs> Needs to be done. Needs to be done. Get some uh, KFC in here and uh, let's get this done. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, I might be the only guy that um, thought that Michael Pineda was going to be good besides the bat. Um, but Michael Pineda has Michael Pineda has not been good. No, he hasn't. Uh, he's actually been really, really bad. Uh, six oh nine ERA, a one five three WHIP, uh, thirty strikeouts in thirty four innings. Uh, yeah. not great, not great. Yeah, and, and it seems like that he struggles to get through like four or five innings. Um, I know that he's coming back from Tommy John, but uh, this is a guy that you're probably going to want to throw back into waivers and keep an eye on. And you know, if he starts to have one or two good games in a row, or if you see a good matchup, stream him. But I think that it's pretty safe and easy to drop him in, in even like 14, 15 team leagues at this point. So what are we doing with uh, 
you Darvish here. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> 33 uh, innings, 37 Ks, a 171 whip, and a 579 ERA. Can we phone a friend and ask Abby? Oh. <laughs> we we don't have the dump button ready for that. <laughs> yeah, that uh, get, get the bleeps out. Yeah. Yeah, 7.4 uh, walk per nine. That's uh, not good. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, this is the worst walk rate of his career. Um, but it, it hasn't ever been great as far as a walk rate is concerned. <laughs> so um, the bad thing is, is that his walk rate has jumped uh, a good amount and his strikeout rate is dropping. Yeah. So they're almost like one is tw- the strikeout rate is 24.3% and the walk rate is 17.8%. That's bad. Um, yeah. You don't want him get it because you <laughs> so yeah it was my my second you joke also i drafted him in the great fantasy baseball invitational last year and he did not do well for me so i will never ever own him again he's one of the guys <laughs> that that you know you uh if you have a bad experience with a fantasy player and like you just are so burned on them he's that guy for me and this is not unexpected because i got burned last year so i just expect him to be horrible the rest of his career 1.71 whip, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it's not good when your walks per nine is at, like, 7.5, but then you're also giving up a hit in inning. That's not that's not going to get it done. Hmm. So it's, hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who, obviously, the potential's there. It's you, Darvish. He's still striking out over a guy in inning, but just make him someone else's problem. I mean, because, I mean, post-Tommy John, there has just been no part of his career, really, where he's kind of been what he used to be. You know, he just hasn't found it yet since that surgery. So definitely... It's time to let him go, I think, in most leagues. Glad the Cubs signed him. Wait, wait. <laughs> don't There's say that. Four and a half more years on that deal. That's, that's crazy. Oh. Maybe. Yeah. Is that why they didn't sign Harper? I think mm, so. Maybe. Well, no, I mean, they have Jason Taylor. So, oh, like, no that's, what it, that's what it was. I got it. It's going to break out soon. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> He's actually done really well this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hayward, Hayward <laughs> is actually looking really good. I picked them up in a couple of leagues because I was like, man, he was good at some point. He's at 400 on base percent, 412 yeah. on base percentage, 495 slugging, four stolen bases, five home runs. Like if he, you know, if he can keep this up, he's going to be a 2020 guy again with decent everything else. So uh, uh, he's looking available. like he's he's learned to take some walks finally. Well, not only that, uh, he changed his hand position apparently, oh. uh, and hmm. so he, he's a little quicker to the ball. Uh, it looked like he had a hitch in his in his uh, stride before, and yeah. it's not there now. And it seems like, like I said, he's a little quicker to the ball. Um, he's actually hitting with authority. So be that as it may, you know, he hit eight home runs all of last year. He's got five so far in 30 games. Just saying. Um, it's pretty amazing that he's only 29. <laughs> Right. Yeah, he's been up since 2010. Yeah. Wow. Broken the league when he was 12. Pretty crazy. Right. <laughs> uh, let's transition to some of these impressive bats so far. Uh, gotta give props here to Alberto Mondesi. Five home runs so far, 10 stolen bases. Uh, that OBP is barely over 300, but he's producing across the board. Yeah, I mean, 32 RBI. Uh, that's kind of the shock of the season. In, in Kansas City, of all places. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you're going to get the stolen bases, so. Definitely never really going to be an on-base asset, but if he's going to run like that, driving, you know, driving guys like he is right now, I mean, he's having a monster, monster season. Um, the hottest bat in the last two weeks is owned in under fifty percent of leagues. 
Uh, that percent jumped 38% this past week. Uh, that is Michael Chavis, who was called up and is playing second base every day, basically, for the Red Sox. Six home runs, 11 walks. Wow. Uh, 433 on base percentage and murdering baseballs. Yeah. And I mean, in the minors, he was walking at nearly a 15% clip too. So good plate discipline. If he's going to play every day at second, which it looks like, and he's got that job locked down. I mean, really, really impressive start to his career. All right, on to a couple others that it appears this is the new normal in Upside Down World. Uh, Luke Voigt, 10 home runs, 29 RBI, 20 walks. Um, yeah. Uh, Bye-bye, bird. Spend your at, time at AAA. At, at, at fantasy underscore Keith. What? <laughs> hey, everybody gets some favorites that don't pan out, okay? Yeah, I, I still like Byron Buxton, so <laughs> I get it. Uh, yeah, I mean, Luke Void as a Cardinals fan just makes makes us look horrible um but he he's exactly what the Yankees needed um because of the short right porch and right field and you know it's basically a barn box out there so um you know easy for him to hit home runs and and he's being really patient like you said he's getting a lot of walks on base percentage really high he's been really impressive I can't I can't even say anything bad I mean yeah he had about what 850 OPS last year uh, with the Yankees. It's over 900 right now. So he's is, is that good? It's very. It's pretty solid. Okay. Yeah. It's. I'll get it done. Is that, uh, is that better than what like the Cardinals got in return? I <laughs> would say yes. I mean, okay. I, that guy might really be helping the Triple A team. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Rings and rings. And um, but. <laughs> I mean, he's just been phenomenal. Weird uh, stat, five home runs in the first inning this year as the number two hitter. So that, that's kind of cool, I guess. But he's just been tremendous. You know, Really the only healthy player in the Yankees. So really solid season. Uh, this next guy is tied with Nolan Arenado for home runs and basically runs an RBI so far this year. Tel Marte, shortstop, second base, and outfield eligible. Uh, yeah, the the Marte party is here. I mean, really night and day with Catel Marte. Um, why that rhymed? Um, <laughs> but uh, nine home runs already, which is you know here's a guy who's hit I believe he had twenty home runs before this season. So. He just completely different approach. He's up there trying to kill the ball. Um, you know, strikeouts are up more than last year, but it's still only at 18%. Um, and just, and three times this year he has gone deep from both sides of the plate. Yeah, which is, which is a crazy stat. Yeah. Um, I mean, the main thing with him, too, is last year had a real big problem. Um, just too many ground balls. Him and Ian Desmond were going at it for who would lead the league in uh, ground ball rate. And uh, this year, he's just he's up there with a purpose. Um, you know, just a lot more pop in his game. Honestly, a completely different player from last year. And it's uh, great to see. I mean, Diamondbacks time to that eight-year deal. It's paying off. And obviously, you know, he plays second, short, and outfield a lot. And he plays the three positions. So you're going to have that eligibility for sure next year. And honestly, probably for a while. So Cattell Marte, I mean, really, you know, on-base percentage is down to uh, 315 on-base percentage. But you'll take it the power that he's bringing. And he three stolen bases already, but he only had six last year. So, you know, if he can get, you know, over 10 stolen bases with the pop, you know, really, really intriguing guy for someone who probably went and drafted in most leagues. Was it honestly eight years they signed him to? Yeah, it was. Well, it, it was like one of those five-year deals and then the first three years of. Um, okay, gotcha. So they're, they're options. Right. Years, seven, eight. But, you know, he's under control for a really long time so last year wasn't that good but this year is good news so um you, the young bat here victor robles six homers eight stolen bases so far uh, he's 
producing just about what people were expecting coming into the year. A um, couple injuries in that outfield have guaranteed he makes sure to get every day at bats, uh, basically. And they, and they just moved him up from the bottom of the lineup as well. So he was hitting nine for a good majority of the season. Um, recently they started hitting him one and two. Uh, so that's going to be a boost to his value because of his, you know, RBIs, more plate appearances, uh, more stolen bases. There's a lot of really good positives that come from this. Now, Phil, what, what has changed with Paul DeYoung this year? <sighs> that's a good question. Um, <laughs> so 30 runs so far, seven homers, 17 RBI, three stolen bases and an on base over 400. I think hitting after Goldie has a big thing you know there's a big part of it because um there's a, there's a lot of the times that you know you get carpenter and goldie on in front of him you don't have anything to do except throw him a fastball he's a fastball <laughs> hitter um he crushes fastballs and he's been more patient um this this year than he's ever been in his career uh he's striking out less he's made huge strides I know some people, um, I think Justin Mason made a comp earlier this year that, or I think it was a bold prediction, um, that uh, Paul DeYoung be equal to or better than Carlos Correa at the end of the year. And at this point, it's not even close. Um, if you look at just F-War, uh, I know that's not something fantasy stat or anything, but um, I think I saw it was either this morning or yesterday on morning. Um, Paul DeYoung is second in the major leagues behind Cody Bellinger. Oh, wow. In F4. Because, because he's a good defender at shortstop, too. And, you know, people forget that because he's a bigger dude. And they think that at, at first he had a really bad reputation as a not a good defender. Um, but he's he's made some you know changes there as well. So he's doing a little bit better there. Uh, I am really happy. I was actually just posting in my uh, my group chat for my home league, which is all buddies from around St. Louis. Um, but. I was just posting in there earlier today or yesterday when I saw that stat. I was like, well, I'm pretty happy with the deal that we signed for him because, you know, we have him until I think the deal runs out in 2023. And then we have two options after that. So it's kind of the same thing as the Cattell Marte deal where, right. Because they got paid at the same time. Yeah. I was within days. Yeah. Yeah. And and so for what they paid, which I think his final option year is like 15 million a year, that's insane to me. Like, this is, you know, good for the Cardinals. It's exactly what the Cardinals like to do. They did it to Pulholz a long time ago. It was one of the the first times that, you know, a player had been signed that early into their career um, to a big contract. And they bought out a couple of years of his uh, free agency. And that's why we had pool holes for 10 years instead of seven. Um, you know, hopefully they, they can extend uh, DeYoung if he continues this. But uh, he's basically just killing the ball. Um, his exit velocity isn't isn't that great. Um, but he puts it where it needs to go. And he, he makes contact. So that's really the, the main thing for him. He's he's cut down the strikeouts a lot and, and walking more and where he's hitting. So I guess that's the long, long, short answer. Speaking of killing the ball, is this the new normal with Joey Gallo? Uh, yeah. 270 average, um, 26 RBI, 11 home runs. Uh, yeah, wow. I'm shocked by the average, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the power numbers have obviously always been there, um, but the average, I mean, like pretty much the quote of this entire podcast has been, if Joey Gallo can just hit like 230, <laughs> he would be insane. <laughs> like that, we said that at least For what, once two, in two, three years now two, almost? Three. Yeah, that's... Take away one thing that's that's our pretty much our slogan. But um yeah, I finding another level, you know, being able to get that average up and it is just been outstanding what he's been able to do this season. So I am on baseball savant right now for Joey Gallo's page. 
His expected batting average right now, 275. Wow. He's hitting worse than he is expected to hit currently. That is how well he's been hitting the ball. 30% barrel percentage. 30% of his (laughs) at-bats, he hits a barrel. Wow. Of of his batted balls. Sorry, not his at-bats, batted balls. Um, average exit velocity, 96.8. Um, expected slugging percentage, any, any guesses? Ooh, uh, let's go 725. He's currently slugging 660. You have 725. Do you want to amend that or do you want to keep it that? No, I'll keep it that high. All right, T-O-double-D, what you got? I will go... 700 even. 713. Basically split the difference oh. for you guys. <laughs> oh, wow. um, so his expected slugging percentage is, is, you know, 53 points higher than what he's currently slugging. Um, his ex- his WOBA is 439. His expected WOBA, 463. I don't, I'm not the type of person I like to read stats, but this is something you have to take notice of because I don't care that he's striking out 32% of the time. He's walking 20% of the time. I, you, you heard that correctly. 19.8% of the time he takes a walk. Yeah. He And then 30% of the time when he actually hits the ball, he's hitting a barrel. This is exactly what best case scenario for Joey Gallo is. And if if this is what the new norm is, he's a first-round pick. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with that. You know, if you compare that up to other borderline first-round picks, to judges and stand-ins of the world, the back end, you know, Chris Bryant historically – I mean, that's their even better. Um, yeah, it's Joey Gallo is just having an incredible season. And it's like reading off those stats, that's just mind-blowing. Well, you have to think because his runs um, last year, 103 runs. Um, so the bat had him at, I think it was like 120-something runs projected and like 130 or 120-something RBIs as well. Yeah. Uh, and that was with like a two, 220 batting average. Like if he actually hits 270 – if you make that calculation difference, I mean, what do you think in 140 on each? I mean, that's crazy. That's bananas. Like, that's something you don't see. He could potentially lead the league in both of those categories if he has, you know, the 400 on base percentage that he currently has. Because that's what people are, aren't recognizing is that he's still 100 plus points away from his, his average to his on base percentage, which he's always been. Um, so in on base percentage leagues, he hasn't really been that big of a drain on you, but he's still providing 40 plus home run power. And at the same time. He's underperforming slightly for what the stats say. It's crazy. Now, another fave of the podcast here is Josh Bell of the Pirates. Uh, up to eight home runs already on the year, batting 287 on base north of 360. And let's take a peek at that good old launch angle here because... That, that's the major factor for him. Yeah. It went from like nothing to like uh, optimal launch angle. I think he's at like 17 or 18% now. <sighs> Actually not so far. Uh, This is the surprising thing. His launch angle last year was 9.2. This year it's 8.9. Oh, really? Jared, where did you pull that from? Because I think you actually read off his uh, total career for the 8.9. Because I'm I'm seeing 12.1 for his launch angle this year on Baseball Savant. Uh, yeah, I'm on Baseball Savant. I think you're reading his career number. The 8.9 is his career. Uh, I'm down on StatCast batting, and it's broken down by year, showing 8.9. Does it say all on the side, though? Because that's what mine, no. my, his, his Eight, all says. 8.6 is what his all says. Huh. That's so, that's I don't know, so you weird. might have to refresh your screen. Let me see. I literally maybe, just pulled maybe up a second me. ago. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. 
for some reason, apparently I had the old cached version from a couple weeks ago when we were looking into this. So yeah, 12.1. All right. Yeah, so, yeah. He, so he's raised it a little bit. And, the, and the, the good thing about it is, is you know, even though he's got a couple more strikeouts this year, um, that's not any too concerning for me because he's kept his walk rate. And like you said, he's he's driving the ball much better. His exit velocity is way up. His launch angle is just a little bit up. His barrel percentage is up. His hard hit percentage jumped. He went from 39 to nearly 52. Um, strikeout is right in line. Walk percentage is right in line. Exit velocity jumped four miles an hour to 94.2. Um, and barrel percent is 15.5. Hmm. So when he does get it, he gets it. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the only thing I wonder with Bell is he has a lot more pop uh, from the left side of the plate than the right side of the plate. So I wonder if there's any way you can split that up. Oh, I forget he's a switch hitter. Yeah, because, I mean, left-handed, left-handed Bell's got a lot of pop. Um, yeah. Right-handed Bell's just trying to get on base. And that's, I think, really... I mean, obviously, you know, if both of them are close, probably the same case last year, you know, between the two years. But the thing with him is definitely he has a lot more pop from the left side. But he just seems to really kind of find... He's been able to find... Um, his rookie year form. You know, last year all the power was gone. Uh, but you know, he's you know just watching pirate games and just the stuff I've read. It seems like he's really been committed to um, just putting the ball in the air more and hitting the ball hard. And you know, the walk rate is has always been there for Bell, so it's good to see. You know, the average is higher. Everything's raising with that. But yeah, he's definitely figured out how to get back to his rookie year form. And honestly, probably a little better than that. Um, there's a lot to like here. And and he was somebody that, you know, everybody, you know, everybody on the podcast, I think that I speak for all of us whenever I say that, um, has liked him basically since he came up because he had that 26 home run season with the decent on base percentage kind of thing. And and there was certainly growth for him to, to grow into 30, 35 home runs. Even, um, it looks like that might be this year. Yeah. His, um, just looking at that, his barrel rate has jumped from a uh, 7% to 15%. Um, <laughs> yeah. Last year in, 402 uh, batted balls. He had 28 barrels. He already has 13 and just yeah. 85. So that definitely just seems to be the key right there. He's just hitting the ball harder, more consistently. And I really wish you could split it up into left versus right-handed. Yeah, I was trying uh, to find that as well. I yeah. probably can't find it on here. You might find the actual just stat breakdown on fan graphs or something, but you won't have the the velo and launch angle and stuff. Yeah. I'm going to write a letter to my congressman. Uh, Mike Petriello? I don't think he's my congressman, is he? No, no, I don't think so. (laughs) I'm upset. (laughs) Right? Let's see, some major injury news. Let's kind of rush over this a little bit. Shohei Otani is back from Tommy John surgery, not pitching, uh, but he was batting third and DHing tonight. Yeah, deal. Um, the other thing they said is, is that they do not anticipate uh, him needing off days like they did last year because uh, they don't need him to be fully rested for his days that he starts. Right. And they also said that his rehab for pitching won't affect his hitting until probably August or September. Nice. And so you should get a, most of a full season out of hitting out of him. And if you are one of the people that drafted him or kept him in a keeper league, uh, he should provide some pretty decent value because just going off of what he did last year and, and very limited at bats, he had, I think it was 20 home runs and I think it was like 10 stolen bases also. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he had like 10 triples or something like that too. The dude flies. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he's got elite. Yeah, everything Osmus said today was really encouraging. Um, also brought up that he's willing to play him against the lefties, which is also good. So really encouraging. I think he's going to get the DH pretty much the whole season. And um, good to see his rehab's not going to affect his playing time or anything. So really, it's going to be fun to watch Otani. We're going to get pretty much a full season, at least him hitting. Anthony Rendon is back, which has led to Mr. Carter he Keyboom. He gone back to AAA <laughs> and... Oh boy, man, in the great fantasy baseball invitational, lots of money was burnt on Key Boom, uh, <laughs> who may not return until what, September call ups? <laughs> More like uh, Kabust. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, cheesy. But the, <laughs> the totals he was going for in uh, the invitational was just insane. I mean, people had to know Rendon and Turner are coming back, but I mean, he was going for a fourth, you know, a third of people's budgets. It was it was crazy. Um, something to keep monitoring. I mean, if you are a Trinan owner, is that right elbow soreness, a little bit of tendonitis. Uh, he did get a an injection there and was apparently really feeling good the next day. Um, next man up there is Trevino, because I don't see Fernando Rodney taking too many save ops. You never know. Right. R- Rodney's old as dirt, but for some reason, teams keep signing him and putting him in the closer roles, so I wouldn't be so sure about him not having having some save opportunities, unfortunately. Well, he did have one over the weekend, and how'd that go, Todd? <laughs> uh, Sterling Marte walk-off homer. That's how that <laughs> went. <laughs> But uh, I definitely think, because in that game, Trevino did throw two innings uh, before yeah, that. scoreless innings. Scored very, yeah, he looked very good in that game. So Trevino's definitely the hand, in most leagues, if you're just in a saves league, you probably handcuff him pretty easily. Um, in a holds league, Trevino should be gone or else you can pick him up anyways. And he has a ton of value. But um, if something were to happen to Trinan, I obviously it would be Trevino. But it, everything does seem encouraging so far for Trinan uh, long term. Um, next up. Another, I guess, former starter, Carlos Martinez, is coming back. He's out on rehab assignment, uh, went to AAA rehab assignment on the 7th, um, looking like he could be back in about a week and will be pitching out of the bullpen. Is he an interesting middle reliever? I guess it, it really <laughs> it depends on what he does when he gets here, really. Uh, yeah. But is he somebody that you might be picking up on a on a waiver just as a flyer type deal? Phil isn't a fan. I know this. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of waiting to see what Phil would say. Um, my, I have him in a dynasty league, gone pretty cheap, but I don't I don't know. I mean, if he's just going to be a middle reliever, just trying to get him right, I don't know what uh, fantasy value he's really going to have, at least initially. This is the one instance where M- Mama told me, if I don't have anything nice to say, <laughs> then don't say nothing at all. <laughs> all right. So don't pick up people. Yeah, just put them on a watch list, kind of monitor the situation. Uh, a little more locally here, Taiwan Walker. Todd, what's the update there? Yeah, really good news yesterday. He threw a four-inning simulated game. Uh, all, he was throwing all his breaking pitches. Luvolo uh, said it went really well. He was really encouraged by it. The award seems to be the goal is June. If he can come back in June, um, that you know that's going to be kind of the target if everything goes well. So really good to see him throwing. Uh, Diamondbacks could use another another guy in rotation uh, with Godley struggling and um, you know a couple of the young guys coming up to see what they have. But Taylor Walker, it's good that he's healthy. Really encouraging to see. Maybe you know a pretty solid DL stash and kind of or IL stash and see kind of how the minor league rehab part of it goes. Uh, this next one is not really a surprise. AJ Pollock is down for about six weeks. It looks like. Like, uh, Wait, AJ Pollock got hurt? Well, okay, so a this very is a, AJ Pollock thing. Yeah, in a very <laughs> AJ Pollock way. Uh, an old injury uh, with the Diamondbacks. He pretty much blew out his elbow at a play at a play at the plate just before the season started. 
uh, had to have hardware installed in order for his elbow to work. Um, and yeah, it became infected over the last couple weeks and they had to go in, take out the hardware, uh, seal everything up, take, take out the infection. So they're looking at least six weeks for now. Yeah, I read something that says that he still has um, like something in there where they can inject like it's a stent or something where they can inject um, antibiotics directly into the area. So like they haven't even removed the the additional thing that they just added to give him relief for that area. Um, And and they're not planning on doing that for a few more weeks. Yeah, I think that's what the six week time timetable was is that that's when they're going to do that and then that's when he can start the process of his rehab doesn't sound promising um cory kluber owners everybody was worried there non-displaced ulna fracture in his right pitching arm uh he's going to be reevaluated in about three to four weeks they he himself and his manager are both saying that the end of the year this is not a lost year. He should be back in like August. But yeah, it's uh play it by ear. Hope you can at least stream some decent guys in the meantime, because that's a big blow to your team. Yeah, definitely. I had my couple of leagues. Uh, it's really unfortunate how it happened to just to come back right up the middle. And and you knew it right away. He, he tried to throw the ball with his glove. Just flip it with his glove yeah. there. Yeah, he and he was just so you could tell like the frustration on his face when he did it, too. Um, it, it was, you know, just obviously really gruesome, uh, not so great of an injury. Um, but one guy to transition, uh, to the next guy, one guy that is, uh, coming back sooner than expected, I think for most people is DD Gregorius. It sounds like, yeah, um, yeah. sounds yeah. like he's only a couple of weeks away from uh, a rehab assignment when originally they were hoping at first that he would be back um, some point in July, it sounds like that you know, now they're hoping that he'll be back before the All-Star break, which is the, the early July. So, um, you know, if, if he can start his rehab assignment at some point, either late this month or um, the beginning of next month, because there's only a 30-day timetable that they can be in the minors uh, without actually going back on the, the IL or whatever. Um, but yeah, so moral of that story is is if he is in your league if he is available right now is a great time to pick him up uh because you don't want away yeah 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 even if you you know potentially are dropping someone who is you know 50 50 on whether or not you should drop them i think the upside of dd um especially in that lineup whenever they maybe get some people healthy i don't know if that's ever going to happen but um <laughs> but, but that lineup is still producing even with the the scrambled pieces that they have in there uh, because of that ballpark too and and he really thrives in that park. Uh, and this is going to be the last year that he hits in that park unless they sign him to an extension. So you want to be a part of the good DD instead of the where did he go DD if he goes to somewhere else. Yeah, well, he is looking – they're actually looking possibly mid mid to late June. Yeah. Um, so, so if, I, you, if yeah. you're rostering somebody like Eric Sogard or somebody like that, just him pick up DD and stash him. Because what I saw with DD was the goal is May 20th on extended spring training. So it's not right. quite a the rehab. You can alternate yeah. rules in that. But that's really good to see. You know, obviously coming off of Tommy John, you being able to throw from shortstop. Um, that's really encouraging. So right now he's definitely the must-add uh, DL IL stash. Um, you know, right now he could be back in a month, and we saw what he did last year. And when he catches fire, there's a few people better. I think he had 27 home runs, and at at one point of the season he was batting like 340 for. like i think it was two months of the season and um he's a really good hitter 
he can have his warts, but if he's available, like Todd said, you definitely want to grab him. Um, Aaron Hicks is also looking to be back end of this week, uh, possibly heading into the weekend. He'll be a big boon in that outfield there. Many of you might have him stashed away on your IL. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton as well is kind of looking mid to late May. Um, Shoulder injury, bicep, but yeah, man, that's uh, something to keep an eye on. Uh, Carlos Rodon, oh boy. Yeah. Thought thought he had broken out, uh, and then the wheels fell off, and turns out he is being recommended for Tommy John surgery and will be lost for about a year and a half. Turns out his elbow fell off, huh? Right. We'll see you in 2021. Yeah. Uh, Miguel Sano is making his way back. You might want to have him on your watch list there. Uh, apparently went super deep at AAA the other night. Uh, yeah, his injury was a weird one. Let's see, how they, how do they describe it here on MLB? Recovering from a March 2019 wound debridement procedure on right leg re- laceration. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't know what that means, but... Uh, <laughs> He's playing in minor league games at AAA and should be bouncing back here soon, which is going to be huge to get him back in that Twins lineup with Nelson Cruz, who's going off. Uh, Jonathan Scope has been pretty hot as of late. Uh, I haven't heard Byron Buxton's name in a while. Are we sure he's still alive? Byron Buxton is alive. It's confirmed. Um, So (laughs) I I looked... I looked a little bit into the the wound debridement, <laughs> and it involves the removal of necrotic tissue to promote wound healing. So basically, his tissue was dying, uh, and so they cut it out. Wow. And okay. Now they're now they're hoping that like good stuff will grow around it. So that sounds. Sounds awful. like gangrene. Yeah, that like sounds he got absolutely cut awful. Like, what the gangrene. hell is going on here? What do we live in the 14th century again? Like, <laughs> we're cutting off parts of people's body because they have a little bit. Of, oh, you got cut? Let me cut your leg off. Wait, I don't understand. Yeah. Just a reminder: he's not a soldier, and he's just a baseball player. So, <laughs> right. yeah, and he wasn't in World War II or the Civil War or um, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Uh, Juan Soto did go down with back spasms, possibly back on the 11th. Uh, looks like that shouldn't be too big of an issue. Should just be a short stint. I think that's basically all the injuries there that are fit to print. Oh, Mike Clevenger. He has been uh, thrown out to 90 feet. And as of yesterday, I believe he was thrown out to 120 and says he feels amazing. Uh, he put it in other terms that I will not repeat right now, but yeah, he looks to be back basically as soon as that 60 day IL is up in the first week of June, which is crazy. Cause what they said originally was, is that he wouldn't touch a baseball for six to eight weeks or something crazy like yeah. that. I was so concerned whenever they were first <laughs> talking about it. Uh, but it doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal at this point. Like the 60 days is, is a long time, but um, I was concerned it was going to be something that might linger for the rest of the year. And it, it just doesn't sound like anyone's that worried anymore. Uh, another guy, Eloy Jimenez, um, Resumed running uh, on Sunday and should be back. Uh, he's expected to go on a rehab assignment within the next week or so. Uh, had that sprained ankle the day he came back from his uh, his bereavement and tried to rob a home run and ankle got stuck on the fence. So, oh, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. He should be back soon, too. And then uh, just one more note I saw today. Chris Archer threw a bullpen. They said they're hoping his next uh, outing will be a minor league rehab and then come back after that. So hopefully 10 days. But if anyone's holding on to Chris Archer, that was something um, I saw today. And real quick side note, just want to bring this up. Mac Williamson got called up today by the Giants. Their entire outfield is terrible at baseball. <laughs> he has a 1,200 OPS in AAA with nine homers. Uh, so he hit someone, three home runs the other day as well. Yeah. Hit a home run today in his first game back. Oh, wow. He's 28. It's now or never. He's always crushed AAA pitching. Hopefully he figures it out. So just something to look out for, Mac Williams and Giants. All righty. We've got three questions coming in from listeners and followers on Twitter. This one comes in from Ryan Simmons. I've got a trade question. I'm giving up Aaron Otto and getting Judge, Kimbrell, and Ryu. I already have Rendon to fill in at third base. Do I pull the trigger? How quickly do you say yes? Yes. <laughs> no. No. Giving up Arenado and getting Judge, Kimbrell, and Ryu? Correct. Judge is currently out on an oblique injury, and I just am afraid of oblique injuries. Kimbrell doesn't have a job, and as much as I love Ryu, he's certainly not worth Arenado. That's my logic. That's my logic. I don't know if this is just redraft or... Yeah. I'm assuming assuming redraft, which is why I would would go no for this. If, If it's something where it's keeper, then I would probably say yes, but... If it's just straight redraft, I think Judge is going to be out for a few more weeks. And I think even when he comes back, I think that oblique injuries have a, a very high chance of re-injury yeah. and also uh, a very high chance of sapping power when he does come back. So I think that it's it's a no-brainer for me. All right. Yeah, you have convinced me, Phil. All right. Next question. Bill Metzger uh, got to dump Bowers, Jake Bowers, and Chad Pinder this week. He's got a soft spot for both. So who does he ride with? One of those two, Bowers or Pinder? I was really hoping you were going to say the rest of it because I wanted to say that's the Wong decision. Um, But I think, is he asking if he's basically saying he has to drop both of them, right? Here's the rest of it. He could also dump Colton Wong, who he likes the least, but feels like it could be the wrong decision. Uh, Also, it seems like he's got either Hunter or Brian Dozier. I don't know. Uh, Being second base, I'm thinking it's Brian, but would hate himself if he gets hot shortly after. And Brian Dozer has heated up a little bit recently, so I think right now I'd probably drop Pender if if it's of those really? guys. If I only have to, if I only have to drop one, yeah. I mean, I like Wong. Uh, I think that he's been doing things this year that he hasn't done re- recently. Bowers, I think, is basically uh, Josh Bell 2.0. And if it's uh, Brian Dozier, uh, he's had hot streaks that were crazy before and cold streaks like this at the beginning of the season. I remember the one year where he was legitimately like uh, Christian Yelich whenever he was with the Twins in the second half of the year. He was hitting a home run every day. Um, I think he ended up with 40 home runs that year. So, hmm. And I think in his first half of the year, he pretty much had none. So um, if it's uh, Hunter Dozier, Hunter Dozier's already doing awesome. Yeah. And if it's and if it's Brian Dozier, he's already starting to turn around a little bit. And I think that that's one of the reasons they sent Kaboom down. Um, you know, I, I think that I would I would drop Pender if it's only one of those. If it's two of those, I'm probably dropping Pender and uh, Dozier. Crazy. Yeah, I can, I completely agree with Phil. Uh, Dozier has turned around a little bit of late, shown some signs of life. Um, I would keep Wong. I think that's the safest one. But I think Pender is a guy I would cut. Um, you know, the Indians like Bowers. They want him to get it going. Mm-hmm. You know, he is going to walk at a good rate, but he's also going to get a lot of playing time. And they, they really, really need Bowers. And I, so I would keep Bowers, roll with him a little bit. Pinder is probably the guy I would of the four. I'm just not a pin, uh, a Bowers fan. Like I, I'd almost say you've got 
Bowers and Pinder you can drop. Um, Got to be somebody hotter on the waiver. Um, yeah. Chris well, Taylor, he... even. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, he was somebody we didn't cover in the, the main hot bats, but the last two weeks he has been on fire. Um, yeah, just smoking the ball all around. And he's somebody I've had to actually force into a couple lineups just to get the hot bat in. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just not sold on the Bowers thing. And, and Pinder is a good fill in who is going to be fighting for at bats on that Oakland team. So, yeah, and, so hopefully we've given you some decent yeah. advice on that one. It also really depends on who you're picking up. I mean, if there's someone you like, if Chris Taylor, if say you cut Pinder for your God, and then you're in a situation where me and Phil are in where with Bowers, and you're really between those two, if you can get a guy like Chris Taylor who's on fire, uh, Pollock's out, so that obviously opens up a lot of playing time. Uh, Kiki Hernandez has really slowed down the last couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, maybe, yeah, I'd cut both in that situation, but it really depends on who, you know, exactly is available in your league. I- I'm assuming that he's probably like an Otani or Rendon or something like that yeah, owner where he's got people coming back. Coming back. Yeah. Because I, I had that some a decision like that today where um, luckily Kaboom was the guy that got demoted, so <laughs> it made my decision a little bit easier. But, um, I mean, I had to cut a guy this morning just because I had two guys coming off the, the injured list and, and I had one open spot already, but I was – um, not sure what to do with the other one until they, they demoted Kaboom, and that makes life a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next one, this last question, comes from Stilly Ryan, and he's got another IL roster crunch here. He's got Matt Olson and Austin Meadows coming off the IL in the next few days and not sure who to drop. Head-to-head categories league, tried to make some trades, but to no avail. His options to drop are Clint Frazier, Puig, McNeil, and Josh Bell. Also says he might even drop Olsen if that's uh, possible. No. <laughs> no. I, I wouldn't recommend that either. Um, I think because... the, the easy guy out of that group is Clint Frazier for me. Yeah, yeah. Because... He's going to have the least amount of playing time when the Yankees get healthy. And he's also hurt right now. Yeah, but, he's torn a couple but, ligaments in his ankle. So my question is, is why doesn't he just slide him over to the IL spot? Uh-huh. Well, I, I don't know if the Yankees, did they actually put him on the IL? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's on, on the IL. IL. You might as well slot so, him in there. So I would say that would be kind of an easy route. Um, my computer clearly froze just now. And so... Oh, there we go. The other guys. Um, no, actually, I, Frazier is not on the IL. He is back and he's played on the sixth and seventh. Oh, wow. Every every at bat or at bats a game. And he tore ligaments. Uh, they were partially torn or completely torn. It was a grade hmm. two ankle sprain. Yeah, let's go ahead and cut him anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other guys have working ankles. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, I, I prefer guys with, you know, intact ligaments. I, I'm, I'm weird like that. Um, the lowest of the hanging fruit. Right, right. Um, definitely don't drop Olsen. Let me look at one thing because I think, God, as crazy as it sounds, Bell's no. Um, as crazy as it sounds, I might actually suggest Puig. That's who I would suggest. But really? I, 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 McNeil is my guy. Right. And there's nothing that Puig has done that makes me think, wow. He's going to be better than last year or even as good as last year. His strikeout rate's up. His walk rate's down. Like the things that he was doing better is he just reverted back to his old ways. Um, Exit velocity, meh. Hard hit percentage, meh. Uh, Expected batting average. All of this is not great for him. Uh, Let's see. His expecting batting average is 244. Slugging expected 438. Woba is 267. Yeah, I mean, I, I... 
Huh. I mean, look at me. Let me look yeah. at McNeil. But McNeil, he was hitting like 360, like as of a couple yeah. of days ago. Right, I think. Yeah, because he's yeah. hitting 350 right now. Yeah, 352. Um, <laughs> and the last about week or so, maybe longer, but at least the last week, I've noticed he's starting to lead off for the Mets. So hopefully, the run production. Uh, you know, he scored 15 times this year. Hopefully, that goes up. I mean, he's getting on base at a 426 clip. Um, you know, just has one homer and no stolen bases. So that is a little concerning. But you know, did show some pop in the minors at 19 last uh, last year. But I mean, I would keep McNeil. You know, you have second because it looks like it's not a super deep league. You know, if these are the guys yeah, it doesn't on the bubble. Seem- so, doesn't seem too deep. Uh, I'm I'm torn between the Frazier Puig, but I'd lean Frazier just because of that ankle. Puig is going to turn it around, and he's playing in the bandbox of Great American Small Park. So, uh, I mean, they've their outfield situation has really cleared out. They cleared mm-hmm. Matt Kemp off the roster. Shebler's down at AAA. Like it, it's basically Puig, Senzel, and Winker every yeah. day, and having some consistency will probably bring Puig back around. Yeah, but I mean, like Todd said, it, it probably is a kind of a shallow league if he's even considering dropping Olsen or, you know, Puig or any of these guys, honestly. Um, I don't know. And, and again, it sounds like he has two guys coming back. So we have to drop two guys. So Clint Frazier yeah. is, is A and then B for me. I, I think final answer, Yasiel Puig. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully that uh, that helped you out there, Ryan, Bill, and Ryan. <laughs> All righty, gang. Well, we will sign off for now. This has been a long episode. Hopefully <laughs> you uh, you got a little something something out of it. Well, where can the people find you, Todd? Uh, you can find me at Goldie Happens on Twitter. Phil, where can they find you? I don't have anything cool like Todd, but uh, <laughs> my, my name's Phil, and I'm at the Baseball Jedi. I have been Jeremy. Find me at Front Office Jer. Follow the pod at Fan Front Office. Visit us at our home on the web, fanfrontofficepodcast.com. And until next time, go enjoy the joyous youth revolution we're having right now. It's a really good time for baseball. It is. Awesome. Good show, guys. Cool. Keith is back next week. Let's go. Gotta find that mic, dude. Right, 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 right. That's funny. <laughs>